Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Films and Swear Movie Podcast. Yeah. If you listen to us for the first time, we're a movie podcast from Scotland. We, we are the, the fathers of children and the eaters of TikToks. <laughs> and each week we spoil the fuck out of films chosen from a cinematic alphabet decided by a coin toss. I'm your host Stu and joining me across the internet is my podcast co-host, no caring, always wearing, Andy Walker. Yeah. Aye. I'm here, so I'll it. You got any tic-tacs left? Nope. Good. They got finished hard. <laughs> uh, today you got any at... fucking drink left, you fucking dick? Glug, glug, glug. Oh, fucker. It's medicine. Medicine, uh... It's referred to in my house as Daddy's Medicine. Oh. <laughs> oh, Dad's got his medicine out again. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what Jakey said. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got the shakes, he needs his medicine. Oh, Daddy's jabbing medicine in his wrists again. Oh. <laughs> in his wrists. Uh, yeah, oh. for, for some reason, I got that mixed up between my toes and my wrists. <laughs> uh, I was never meant to take drugs. No. I'm no cut out to take drugs. Yeah, no, you're just a loser. <laughs> you can't That's even why do, I stick to medicine. You can't even do drugs right. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're at F, and F is for Fargo. Uh, from director Joel... Cohen, uh-huh. I know it's always the, the famous co- uh, concoction of Joel and Ethan Cohen, uh-huh. but for a large part of their career, Ethan was never credited as a director. All right. I don't know what that shit was, but for maybe their first six or seven movies, it was always just Joel Cohen, uh-huh. but he was secretly, Ethan was secretly directing as well. Oh, was he? Like, I guess they just, like, filmed that shit together, but only one of them took the credit for it. And, <laughs> obviously, there, there must have not been a problem if you let them continue do it for about six or seven movies. Oh, no, I... And now, like, they're credited for every, everything. Mm-hmm. Their class is the brothers. Yes, the Cohen brothers. Funny that. Now, are you familiar with their work? Uh, You've heard the names. Some of them. <laughs> they like, watch uh, <laughs> prior to Fargo, the most famous one I knew that they did was Raising Arizona. No. That was Nick Cage, they'd steal a kid, uh, there's like some mean bikers. Oh, never seen it. <laughs> well, wait till we get to R. Oh no. <laughs> Too many and, good films uh, beginning with R to get that one. <laughs> but it, it's like our concoction, it's like. Uh, Nick Cage. I suppose. We'll see if we can remember when we reach R. Or G. <laughs> so Nick Cage full beginning with G. Oh no. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> um, since directing Fargo, they have directed films such as The Big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is Jeff Bridges and John Goodman. Uh, oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Nope. George Clooney. <laughs> Um, no Country for Old Men. Nope. Josh Brolin and that Javier Javier Bardem, dude with a haircut. Uh, Burn After Reading. Nope. 
the True Grit remake. Nope. Um, <laughs> Inside Llewellyn Davis. No, God, no. And most recently, Hail Caesar. No. That new one with George Clooney, Channing Tatum, Josh Brolin and Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh. So, Andrew... <laughs> Not familiar with the work of the Coens now, are we? No, literally. <laughs> Seen one film, and I was forced to. <laughs> aye. Now let's see. Uh, there's a couple B's, T's, N and O's. Oh, aye, we could get a few more of them in there by the end of this alphabet. <sighs> that coin's getting... I'm going to rig that coin, then. <laughs> um, but before we start talking about Fargo tonight, oh. we're going to have to warn our listeners at home. Oh, are we? We're going to spoil the fuck out of this film. Oh, no. And the only way that we could warn you, give you enough time to stop the podcast, go get a copy of Fargo, like, open Netflix and watch it and come back, we're just going to have to play our wrestler's theme tune. Oh, who's it going to be? Tonight. Um, this cunt has so many theme tunes, and, like, everything's a theme here. So tonight's theme is a wrestler, beginning with the letter F. Yeah. Is that a clue? No, for me. Okay, what about this one? A wrestler? Yeah, alright, uh, okay, wait, right. I'll, it is. It's only black wrestlers can think of it. Yes. There's the, like, the classic uh, So if you haven't seen Fargo, like, go pause the podcast for like an hour and 40 minutes and go watch it. Uh, and then come back and hit unplay. Well, replay. Okay. Pause. Download it again. Play. Tell a friend. Fucking <laughs> 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 dick. I don't know how things work. Hit unpause. Like, unpause. Like somebody's got a button called unpause. Aye. And once you've unpaused it, you can hit repause. Aye. So you could repause your unpause pause. I want if you want to fucking go and take a shot. <laughs> turn off the telly, Andrew. <laughs> What's that going to do this, anything? This film stars William H. Macy, Peter Stormare, Harvey Parmsnow, Steve Buscemi, and Francis McDormand. Yes. Andrew, could you tell me the plot of Fargo? Uh, some kind wants to build a fucking car park or something and then wants money off his stepdad he's not getting it so he pays somebody to fucking kidnap his wife shit goes wrong and then like fucking what's her puss her, her fucking fucking murder she wrote the Canadian murder she wrote turns up <laughs> the fucking she somehow kids everything that's happening before it happens and everything. Oh, I, she's, she's sharp. Uh, and she's just randomly pregnant to the most ugliest man in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, IMDB sum her up in a sentence. Uh, Jerry Lundegaard's inapt crime falls apart due to his, his and his henchmen's bungling and persistent police work of the quite pregnant Marge Gunderson. Where in the fucking plot does that make sense? Is it necessary for her to be pregnant at any time? 
Nope. Or does she just like to fucking say that sentence so she keeps a pillow in her car? Like, <laughs> can I take a seat and carry in the pillow weight or some shit like that? <laughs> so, Andrew, this is clearly the first time you watched Fargo. Yes. Tell me your your opinion. Oh, you can, my opinion. Oh, no, I like to think you watched it with an open mind. I did, but still thought it was shit. Okay. That's fine. Didn't enjoy it. See, I like I, I kind of have that that how goes like that that feeling about you. Fuck um, you. Like I could recommend a film to you, knowing your opinion of the film before you watch it. Uh, like if I like pushing Fargo to you, is it right? There's a good chance he's gonna fucking hate this, but I'll be surprised if he likes it. Yeah, Miss, well, but, you can take scratch any Coen Brothers film off your fucking list anyway. <laughs> Which is a shame because I, I actually really, really like some of their work. Oh yeah, obviously. Uh, you're one of the, you're one of the fucking quirky artsy cunts. These films are not quirky artsy. Well, not all of his films. Oh, not all. Like they do. Like uh, yes, I could see the arty bit about Fargo, but like later in the career when you get like. Um, True Grit and No Country for Old Men, you'd be surprised to see it. It's like the Coen Brothers nims pop up at the end. Uh, like It's the type of things where it's like, ah, they kind of transcend genres. Like, fuck, I ain't gonna make a Western. And it won't be all, like, Fargo quirky. It will just be a straight-out Western. Mm. So, like, I guess Fargo is, like, their take at um, Middle America CSI. Middle America? Minnesota. Is that no fucking on the border of Canada? No, no. It's like bang in the middle of the states. Oh, is it? I did look up because I was convinced this film was like set in Canada, <laughs> just with those little peppy, high-pitched, like positive, cheery accents. Yeah, it's a bit like middle. Middle. I looked up the map and it's just like a square in the middle of America. <laughs> I was like, ah, that well, Fargo's a real place. <laughs> Um, so the film opens. Right. Uh, obviously, you know I like this film. I know. Um, opens up telling us that it's a true story. Uh, the events depicted in this film took place in Minnesota in 1987. The request of the survivors, the names have changed, and respect for the dead. The rest was told exactly as it occurred. Yeah. Now, I think that was told as like a hook back in the day. Like, when this was released, they kind of, like, stuck to the fact, ah, oh, this is a true story. But it wasn't. Obviously. <laughs> because that's there was, there was two, like, uh, I think there was two stories that were real events that they adapted for this, like, where one, um, it wasn't a man wanting a ransom for his wife, but he was wanting his wife killed. Right. But the guy he hired to kill him hired another guy to kill her. And that second guy fucked up, which led to the pressure on the first guy, for the first guy to rile the husband. Mm. So, like, there, there's similar themes to that. So I think if that's where some of the inspiration came from. Mm-hmm. One thing, like I, I like, I noticed now, after watching, like, the television series, then coming back to the movie, like, which should have been so fucking obvious in the first place, uh-huh. was that it has the exact same opening theme. Like, just that violin... All right. Like just when they're driving through the snow, and it's just this like kind of slow pace, just this violin, and then it gets a wee bit further up, like 
not not heightened tempo, but like this, the song gets louder. Right. Like more more instruments come into play. Like the orchestra kicks in, and like watching that, it's like fuck. Of course, like that has the same theme as the fucking TV show. Makes sense. Exactly. Now, when watching the opening scene to this movie, like when Jerry meets Carol and. I was glad I had, like, I, I watched near enough everything with subtitles on now. Do you? Because either everyone's mumbling or I'm losing my, like, my hearing. Because mm. people mumble like fuck. And this is a movie where people mumble and they have the most fucking weird names. Names I'll never get. You'll never get. I'd, I'd still listen to names. I've listed these names. Oh, no. Like, uh, Guillermo Grisbid. Uh, Gier Lundegaard, Shep Proudfoot, and with Carol Showwaters. Like, if you didn't read these names, you wouldn't pick up these names. Uh-huh. It's it's as if, like, people were listening to, like, Arikin, the, the fucking names of the cunts in, like, train spotting. Uh-huh. And they were trying to, like, McLaughlin. How the <laughs> fuck do you spell that? But. But I said, I was convinced this film was, like, Canadian. Like, where William H. Macy's, like, the picture of his voice, it says this, every sentence was, like, a question. Oh. And, like, it, they kind of had, like, that peppy and constantly apologetic attitude to them. <laughs> Talking Canadian. Uh, aye, that's what you'd think, yeah. yeah. And then, like, you have, like, Steve Buscemi, who I think this might be maybe one of his best roles. Oh, like, he gets so much to play with in this film. Like, he gets... He's got, like, the strong, silent partner who doesn't... Like, who will do shit when he needs to. Mm. So he's the mouthpiece. Uh, he gets, like, that great scene later on when he's doing the money drop with Wade. Like, I can't really think of a role that Steve Buscemi gets that's really, like, his own. Like, he's either, like, just some cunt in, like, an Adam Sandler movie... Or he's the cunt in Con, in Con Air. He ne- he's never really the like the main guy. Because oh. I'm trying to think of it now. It's like he only really made like a bigger impact, like just doing TV shows, like Boardwalk Empire. The No Reservoir Dogs. Ah, that that uh, that's good fucking point. That is, would be another one of his huge roles. And I'm so glad you actually mentioned Reservoir Dogs to me just now. Oh no. Because we're bringing that up later on in the show. Oh god. Because I've not seen it either. <laughs> <laughs> what, like you notice, Jerry's got like that fucking father-son relationship with Wade, where like the father-in-law doesn't trust his son-in-law with shit. Really? <laughs> and it's like, oh, like you can just imagine somebody fucking that position where like it is. It looks like he's been brought in on the family business, maybe out of sympathy, to make sure that that he's bringing home a wage to his daughter no. and his grandkid. Does his dad know just like an investor or something? No, he owns the the business. Right. I wasn't and 100% Jerry's, in that. Ah, he, because there comes the parts later on where people are looking for him. He's like, oh, no, I'm in charge of the shop. Right. And he says, no, like, like he's running on behalf of his father. Because they seem to have really known what they're, they're on a bit later on when it comes to doing the deals with the cards and right. like the loans. Because... There's actually kind of a few subplots going on in this one. Like, no, like Jerry. Okay, he's planned that he wants his wife 
kidnapped. Get the ransom money. Use this ransom money to... Build a car park. Ah, like there's some sort of strange investment on land. Then you find out he's uh, got this loan for all these cars. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's one of these loans where the people that take the cars get them on finance and they pay off the loans instead of him. Mm -hmm. And they needed to see the license plates of the cars he sold to match their record for the audit. So, like, Jerry's doing some shady shit. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you... Like, for you watching this for the first time, did you think, right, Jerry's the good guy? Jerry's the, like, the, I guess, like, the lovable loser. He's the underdog. Basically. Would you know? Aye. And it's not until, like, one-third through the film, Marge wakes up in her bed, zits up, and you realise she's the fucking good guy. She's the, the hero of the film. Uh. It's strange to think that and again, like, I think it makes sense now because the TV shows of Fargo have the similar theme where, like, this is your main guy. Your main guy's not a good guy. Your main guy's a bit of a chef. Mm-hmm. Peter Stormare, like, playing that Gear, the fucking silent blonde. type. Yes, yeah, the big blonde dude. Prison break. That's what I call him. Is he? Aye. Or just looks like it? No, definitely. He's oh, like yeah. the hard Italian gangster guy that's in jail. He has that look of like evil European, mm-hmm. where you just like, like there's a note saying he only has eighteen eighteen lines of dialogue in the film, uh-huh. and like a majority of it is like I want pancakes, <laughs> <laughs> and the fucking Carol like Steve Buscemi's character is like okay right we get we'll, we'll go get pancakes we'll get hookers get laid get petrol, <laughs> and we cut like it cuts to like your standard motel scene of like motel slash banging hookers scene. Yeah. Whereas, right, I guess we mentioned hookers, we better give them their hookers. And then it just cuts the shot of their sitting watching, like, fucking, like, the David Letterman show or something. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, the hookers have no moved on to their next job, they're just sitting in bed beside them smoking a fag. Well, it just shows you how quick they were. <laughs> they get paid by the hour. <laughs> ah, what happened to left? You said watch telly. <laughs> Another part of the the fucking shit Jerry has to take is his sales technique with like that irate customer he gets Aye. like where he's came up with a deal <laughs> they're talking about like this fucking sealant in the car Aye. which is is this just something in the paint to stop it from rusting Ah, it's like a coat that goes over the top of the like over the top of the car to stop it from rusting Aye. and it's like why why did this become a fucking arguing point like this is in the car already like just, just like you, there, there shouldn't be an option not to have it. Uh, it should be a common <laughs> standard. Exactly, and that guy he looked so fucking familiar. He reminded me of uh, this old dude in I can't remember if it's Home Alone one or two, but it's when like uh, Kevin McAllister's mum's trying to buy swap tickets for someone on another flight, and it's an older couple. And she's trying to give like away a pocket calculator and earrings, and the husband has the same blinking expression where it looks like his eyes are shut, and he's talking to her, mm. saying, "Oh no, she's got earrings all a whole box of them in her house. She's got a calculator, like she doesn't need any of this." <laughs> now, I looked up on IMDb, is it? Of course not. There's like twenty years between these people. Like this is a really old man, and then like ten years later, <laughs> he's a really young man. <laughs> that just didn't make sense. 
So I looked him up. The only credit that he's that you could recognise him from is that he was a Nazi in the Blues Brothers. Nice. And there was fucking loads of Nazis in the Blues Brothers. <laughs> but I love the point where he gets that irate where he's like, these guys, these guys here, you're a fucking liar. Really? It's like when it pushed him to that point where you think he's overcome like his Minnesota niceness. He like, ain't from this area. <laughs> exactly, like... He's from like, Texas. It got to the point where he had to say, fuck it, and he was that angry that he had to say it. Uh, and it looked like a wee bit embarrassed, but he's like, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> like, oh... <laughs> and it was, it's like the, the fucking shit Jerry was doing, where it's like, okay, right, I'll go talk to the boss. <laughs> and like you think, like, Christ, he is getting a bit hard. He pops in the room, he's like, you going to the Gophers game? He's like, you want tickets? And they look at each other like, nah, this, this is no conversation we're having. They walks back and he's like, okay, I managed to knock $100 off. He's like, oh, Jerry's a skeevy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he is totally fucking this guy over. And like, he gets that angry, he's like, get me my checkbook. And it works. Yep. I thought an ideal drinking game for this could be take a sip of a drink every time somebody goes, yeah. <laughs> Like how did you know? Maybe watching it for the first time, it's not as obvious, but as like, I think Margaret's watched this maybe two two times with me, yeah. on her first viewing. Like she noticed they kept going yeah, like and it's, the way that it's pronounced is like there's maybe two or three e's in the yeah. Yeah. I like yeah ah, uncircumcised huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> and it, it makes you think back now after watching things like a. Uh, making a murderer and you're listening to all those recorded phone calls and they're all going yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and it's like jesus christ that is a comma in that country it's a what they use it as a comma almost uh, right. like just just to separate words like um like, exactly like 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 oh so over here that's that that's my comma uh, like like or fucking this and fucking that just depends how much medicine i've had <laughs> Aye, when it, we finally get to, like the kidnapping of Jerry's wife, yeah, like just that fucking visual alone is like nightmare material of watching a guy in a fucking like balaclava carrying a fucking crowbar, walking up onto your landing and looking through your window uh. and he doesn't see you. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, you can just imagine like all the fucking color draining out of you, just going. Like, there's seconds. Like, what could you do in this second to like fucking protect yourself? Like, to phone the police, get them here, fucking get to safety. Grab a and, gun. Exactly. And like, just him smashing the window, runs to the door. There's the fucking other dude coming through the front door, and I, I almost. Every time I watch this film, I I keep thinking she dies falling down the stairs. Oh. Like, how she survive it? Exactly. Like, I keep thinking that, man, I, I so like, that almost comes across as, like, a, like a, a negative to me. Like, just that shot of her running with the fucking uh, shower curtain over her. Uh-huh. And she gets that fucking far across the hall to fall down the stairs. I think that's a bit much fall down and die that way mm-hmm. but finding out she lives kind of almost pay, like lessens the blow oh really no 
Well, that's it. Feel free to pipe up with any bits that you think are just fucking ridiculous. Oh, because pretty much I will, I will be like overly positive about this film. So I need you to come in and say, right, I think this is a wee bit, eh, or like fucking chipping with bits that you actually thought were they did all right there. I'll give them a wee. I was like, just all right, good going, Joe, and you too, Ethan. Even though you're not really credited in life, but. Nah, so far, things are no too bad. Aye, because that's, I always feel that's a point where it's like, eeh, like I can imagine some folk like going, really, that this is what's happened. But I did like, I like that, that trick where she was, she ran in with the phone, mm-hmm. they yanked the cord so it flies out her hand, and it, you see her struggling to go through the fucking window. Mm. And then you think it's over, and I always forget uh, that she's hiding in the shower until you see... That gate, the, the blonde dude raking through the medicine cabinet and shuts and he twigs. Mm. Like there's there's no nothing in his face, but it's just something that like his eyes. He notices like it, you could almost tell that he focuses on the shower curtain, mm. and like she knows, so she fucking bolts. <laughs> Dumb bitch. Aye. Cut back to earlier. Jerry found out that his father-in-law was going to give him the money that he needed for this investment. Yeah. And they thought, right, well, I don't need to get him. I don't need my wife to get kidnapped and traumatised. <laughs> and then he finds out that his fucking father-in-law is trying to shift him out of the deal. Uh, like, leave him with a fucking finder's fee of 10% instead of giving him a loan of, like, fucking 750k. Uh, like, that is right enough. Like, he is handling some fucking large amounts of money, but, like, just the thought of you being shafted with only 10%. Uh, getting something like, five grand. Uh, he's like, ah, no, I go just stick with kidnapping your daughter. <laughs> uh, but why was he needing this money? I didn't get that. Is that something to do with the cars? I think oh, then, that it could have paid off the loan on the cards, or it could have been enough to pay the the investment on the land, and which they could put maybe sold for more. Like that's the part that every time I watch it, I'm never a hundred percent because it it gets quite like I reckon it feels like a little bit business heavy. To me, whereas like I, I didn't quite understand the circumstances that's going on. Like there's investments, they're talking about land and property, but then he's got this thing with cards. It's like there's too much ingredients in the subplot. <laughs> and I thought Wade, like the father, uh, sounded familiar. And like I think just the way he talked, so there's something about that. He's got credits. Uh, his top four credits is Fargo, Face Off. Saving Private Ryan in old school. Right. No, I don't but, like, aye, it doesn't ring any bells. Like, in old school, I thought maybe he could have been, like, I remember there was, like, an old guy uh, passing out in, like, a fucking topless fucking, what was it, they were fighting, they had lassies fighting in a, a fucking paddling pool of, like, Mud. fucking lube. Oh, no, I thought it was like know. like lubricant and like he was like the referee and he oh, collapsed. Oh, the guy that no. did. <laughs> Aye, but like that was only maybe three, four years. He couldn't have looked that old and decrepit because that looked like a really old dude. Oh, maybe he was, he was. Maybe he was like because he just looks like somebody's boss, or he's in charge of like he's the fucking dean at the university or mm. like a businessman. Like, does somebody know go like, away? Somebody. Like, the lassie's dad's, like, a big businessman, and he works for her. 
Exactly, that's exactly what he could play. Oh. That That's like his stereotype to me. He could easily fall into those roles of just father-in-law material slash businessman slash fucking grumpy next-door neighbour. <laughs> uh, war veteran. Maybe he was like old Tom Hanks or something in Private Ryan. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he died. <laughs> He's old Matt Damon. Let's see. Like, the fucking call when, when Jerry gets back home and you just it's just surveying the damage the chaos of the house thing. Oh. and you just hear like ah oh, jeez wait it's it's gene something's happened to gene and then you look and he's not even on the phone no, he's, he's practicing, practicing his fucking spiel practicing like, his emotion i it's like oh you don't deserve a good thing at all jerry you're <laughs> you're a slimy bastard this film also seems to have a thing about these little towns in minnesota mhm We've got Fargo, we've got Brainerd, and I think there's a third one, but I can't think of it. What was the one? No, it was fucking the it's Twin the... Cities. Aye. Minneapolis. And they're, like, Brainerd seems to be this one that has, like, the giant wood chopping statue. Aye, Paul Bunyan. Like, Paul Bunyan, that's it. Like, What's the story of each week about him? Did they know, like, did a Bill Nogi birth them or something like that? I neglected to click that link on IMDb. Oh. Not IMDb, Wikipedia. But whatever it was, there was enough of them to erect a giant fucking statue. Uh. It looked like it was carved out of wood as well. But, um, like, where, where's Scotland's giant significant figures outside of our counties? I uh, metal <laughs> the junkie. <laughs> uh, like, for five, shouldn't it just be like a fucking, like, a, a terrier's head? Terrier's head? Like, if you look oh, at the, the landscape... Scot- the Scotty dog. The, the Scotty dog, yes. Just the severed head of a Scotty dog. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go, work. Yeah, there's um, too many different roads into Fife. Aye, uh, there's too too many heats to make. Exactly. There's many Scotty dogs <laughs> left. Aye. Um, then, like, we, we get, like, our first moment where, like, you kind of get that, that dread feeling where something's going wrong when... Uh, Carol and the blonde dude get pulled over and they've got Jean in the back seat oh. where you find out like she's alive she's whimpering in the back holy shit she doesn't die <laughs> um, actually to be honest she could have got replaced by anyone else at this point in the film because I don't think we ever see her face again I don't feel just in the, fo- the photographs but yeah it's oh, like because like, she's under she's under like the shower curtain and then she's got like a fucking bag over her head mm-hmm. And that's it. Like it just is it nah nah it's alright, yeah, and your work's done. Alright, Steve, put on <laughs> put on that lassie's clays, put on the, the tammy, get in the chair. He's like, No, I'm in the scene, I I play Carol <laughs> like, like shh Say it properly. It seems like you're trying to say Carl. I don't hang him on the walking dead. It's Carl you say anyway on the walking dead. Carl Carl where are you going, Carl? <laughs> um, but it's when they get pulled over by the police because he's still got the, the, the driver's tags on. The dealership tags. No, he doesn't. It's because he didn't have the tags on. Ah, right. Well, uh, aye. Because uh, he's no It had the dealer's on plates on. Yeah. And it, it's when he tries, like, it all seems to go fine. I thought that they were just going to talk it through. But it's when he shows, hands the wallet over with his license and registration. And a $50 bill. Uh, <laughs> and, like, of course, like, it has to be the cop that's like, no deal. Right. 
Like, what you trying to do there, sir? I'm from Minnesota. You see, I don't <laughs> deal kindly with uh, bribes. How dare you do this in front of the statue of Paul Bunyan? <laughs> Paul Bunyan. <laughs> Fucking see your feet. Aye. You came what he went through. <laughs> I think why he went Scottish there. Uh, but it's just how the fucking blonde dude just solves that problem. Just uh, fucking grabs him, smashes his face off the side of the car, pulls him in, shoots him right in the melon. Yeah. And like, it just fucking Carl sitting in the seat gets all the juice. Uh, yep. <laughs> and he's sitting there like, whoa, daddy. But, uh, was that a surprising moment, Andrew? Uh, I didn't expect you expecting it to, it get, to get that intense? Not really. Oh, I kind of got spoiled by fucking the picture changes on fucking Netflix. Did they have a still of what was this? What was the picture? The picture of fucking Buscemi with his fucking bleeding pus digging in the snow. So shit must go down here. Oh, Alright, okay. I thought it was like just a, an ejaculate shot of the police officer's brains <laughs> across Steve. <laughs> Just look um, like some cunt put a fucking Mentos and some red food colour into a coke. And went, <laughs> aye. Uh, and then we get like that fucking fat John Candy looking motherfucker driving past. <laughs> Looked like, what's his name? That fucking SNL comedian. Oh, what, uh, Bobby Moynihan? No, no, like, like old one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the fucking American Ninja, aye. Chris Farley. Aye, it's looked like him. Mm-hmm. But, like, every time I watch that fucking scene, where is it, right? He's dragging the body. Uh, I can't imagine where he's dragging him to, if he's taking him back to the police car, or if they're taking him to a fucking ditch. But it's just the scene when you hear the other engine in the distance, uh, and you're like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. And getting all fucking shy out of the booth. <laughs> and then you just see the lights of the car, and that, that it, it's almost as if time slows down. And you just see, like, the John Candy guy going, oh, <laughs> like, I, I shouldn't be looking at this. And you see the fucking blonde dude just, like, just lock eyes and follow him. Who was carrying the cop? Was it Buscemi. Steve Buscemi? Aye. Yeah. And it's just, like, kind of all three of them had that moment. And the fucking blonde dude just takes the wheel and goes after him. Yeah. And it's that. And the fucking soundtrack. It's, like, that type of thing where, like, shit, like, they're fucked. And... Like, kind of nothing happens, but obviously he must have been a fucking bag of nerves if he just fucking drove off the road into the ditch. Mm. Oh, didn't, didn't hell. Leaving his fucking wife and just running. <laughs> and then just seeing them fucking take a shot, like, between the fucking shoulder blades. Nah, that's what he gets. That's it, just like... Poof. And that's what I kind of loved about this film. Like, everyone seems to be wearing these big fuck-off coats, and they all seem to be stuffed through, like, feathers. So you kind of get that effect when they get shot, it was like a, like a poof, like somebody's burst a pillow. Aye, a plume. Aye. Oh, fucking bird feathers shoot out their back. Aye. Makes sense, though, with them being in a cold place. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, now, like, we're 37 minutes into our podcast, yeah. and this is, like, the bit of the time where Margie wakes up Aye. Sits up by her fucking persistent husband, Norm. Who was in like, Walking Dead? Yeah, he he's, even, he's got that kint fist. Eh? Yeah. Like he's been he's been around. He's seen some shit. Yeah. But he's like, I'm going to fix you fix you some eggs. Then, uh, <laughs> uh, nah, they want like, oh. eggs. 
Uh, I'm gonna fix you, you, you fucking slut. And it's just that fucking hawking and spitting uh, as well. Coming on the carpet, I think you're fucking. Uh, <laughs> you're laying eggs, and I'm beating you senseless. Uh, <laughs> and I, I reckon, like, I, I love this, this, this particular shot of the film, where like, there's so much going on in this one frame where they're sitting having breakfast, uh, and is also in the same shot because imagine the scene as if it's split in half. On the left side, they're sitting in the kitchen yeah. having their breakfast. On the right side, it's the front door and the cars parked outside, uh-huh. and it is them just walking around this functional set where she's just leaving, going into the car, getting that. And there's just something about that. I just feel so fucking clever the way they show it. Nah, see, I don't think Artie Fari is if like slow mute, like just like. Nah, it just seems like that fucking rural and like realistic. Like Artie, I, I can when I think of Artie films, I almost think back to like uh, that Zhang Yimou film, like Hero, like Jet Li. Everyone's in color coordinated clothes, and their scenes are coordinated with the colors of their clothes. And they're all and, flying through the sky. And there's artistic music, and like that rings home proper art. Or when shit gets black and white, and or does something so fucking left field. This just feels like as if we're watching another series of Making a Murder. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. When Margie gets to like that crime scene, she susses it in the fucking Instantly. second. Like, fucking I, she's like Jessica Fletcher. You are fucking spot on with that. I, the best I could come up with was a second female Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Nah, Jessica Good. Fletcher. Because I was like, like, she got there and she looked and said, well, it looks like this guy done that. And it looks like he had a, a small fella with him. And the, the size of this guy, he's a big guy. And like he shot him. It looks like they chased down the road and he went off the road. She got shot in the face. She got a shot in her hand. It must be defensive wounds. I was like, she's so fucking smart. One of them cir- not circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> she's sitting just pulling, pulling down the dead guy's jeans. <laughs> oh my goodness. And he's like, hey Lou, look at this. There's a cucumber in the fence. Ah, you want to help me find some nightcrawlers? <laughs> and that was it when she's when they're fucking driving back to the station, and Lou says, "Right, I've got them doing a lookout on a car that has the plates DLR." And she's like, "Well, Lou, I'm gonna have to pull you up on your detective skills there. DLR is like that sounds a lot like dealer to me." It's like, "Oh, you just fucking shame the boy. <laughs> just put some in his place." Um, now, it cuts back to a shot where it's uh, Jerry coming home and it's his kid Scotty is fucking traumatised holding on to like a teddy bear. And like, did he not think everything was going to be alright when he gets his, his wife kidnapped, gets her back, gets the money? Like, has he not thought of the fucking the trauma, traumatisation that he's inflicted on his kid because his beard's an asshole <laughs> alright he said fuck once like, I just want to go to the fucking game <laughs> but I said you're not getting to <laughs> um, for some reason I've got another bullet point here that just says not a film related question but like obviously this film has so much fucking snow in it yes so much snowy landscape some great aerial shots of just snow there's lots of fucking snow in this film. How would you how would you fare living in like a community like that? That's just so much fucking snow. Right. Endless amounts of crisp white snow. Yeah. 
How long do you think it would last before you get all shining? I'm used to being in the house by myself. So you're pretty much shining all the time. Exactly. You've got like that fucking Jack Nicholson puss when you're looking at the windy at the maze. (laughs) No, when I'm looking at the windy and fuck walk past. (laughs) It's like, what the fuck's wrong with that kid? Who Torrance? Aye, fucking Torrance Walker boy. Aye. <laughs> Don't look him in the eyes. Margie interviews the hookers. Uh, it's how she describes like there, there's that common theme where everyone describes Steve Buscemi's character as he's kind of funny looking. Aye. Little fella. H- how funny? It's like eh, like funny, like more than other people. Aye. Just a general funny. It's like, is there anything else? Like, he was uncircumcised. Oh, like, Ooh, yeah. That's really like, strange. Like, that's like, like that France, like Francis McDormand, Margie, like nails, like that fucking ex, like the the yeah. Oh. Like, I think it's just like she sells it. Like, that's no go help me identify him at all. Aye, and like the trivia note here is that those two hookers. Like on screen hookers, not not real hookers. Um, well, she one of them is like from Minnesota, so Frances McDermott, like Margie, spent quite a lot of hours with her to perfect like that accent. Yeah. So she perfected her accent off of one of those hookers, and she coined the accent as a Minnesota nice. Oh well. And it kind of makes sense because it does always have like like that kind of positive. Like polite thing to it, whereas like every sentence is finished with a oh yeah, like you kind of it looks like she's such a positive person even though she's breaking up with some psychopath later on in the film. Mm-hmm. When it gets to that, gets to them in the cabin, and have, has Bartonatelli ever fucking worked? No. Like we had one scene of Carol just beating the shit out of Telly. Just so you can see, like, some random soap opera with, like, Bruce Campbell in it. I don't want to start, like, that was random. Bruce <laughs> It's like, so what were we doing in Fango? Like, fucking Fargo. It's like, I was in Fargo? Which actually makes sense, because he's in the second season of Fargo. As the guy on the telly. As Ronald Reagan. No! Yes. There's, like, a great scene between him and Nick. Uh, Offerman, where Ronald Reagan famously did a movie with a monkey in it, uh-huh. and like Nick Offerman's at the side saying, "Like I respect the man, but I fucking hate that movie he did with a monkey. Like he's a he's a political figure. Why the fuck is he dancing with apes?" <laughs> and then we gets to shake hands with like fucking Reagan. He's like, "Oh sir, I love that movie with the monkey you did." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, you sellouts." This film does have some strange scenes included. Are they reckon if it's just to benefit the characters, or like we get that one shot of like okay, you had the guys battering Telly in the cabin. We get to see uh, jeans tied to a chair, and then it cuts to Margie watching like the Wildlife Channel uh-huh. with Norm, and she tells him, "I'm gonna go to sleep." He's already fucking the... sleep my fuck. Exactly, and like that scene ends. And we're, we're watching, like, I don't care what, what we got out of that scene. Exactly. There's plenty of them through the film. Aye, and, but then, like, the, the scene that follows it makes sense. Like, 
getting a phone call in the middle of the night by fucking Mike uh, Yadakia. Mm. Like, a fucking socialising phone call at, like, what hour of the morning? Dude, like, fuck off, Mike. You're fucking uh, cunt. <laughs> Alright. Do you know, Kim, that they're absolutely racist as fucking Minnesota. <laughs> you thinking about moving? Eh? No, you dirty. <laughs> What about when they get to like that buffet next? Like that looked nice. Did you see those? Look like there's whole fucking fish in there. Oh, uh, there's the fucking gigantic testicle-sized balls of fucking meat. I like that was it. Like just looking at this like nineties American-style buffet just made me look feel a little bit ill. Like oh, nah, that doesn't look like food. It doesn't look like food. Fucking <laughs> everything was lager than like this some sort of cream sauce. And that was it because they went. It was like all those fucking fish that you could tell there was like full fish under whatever like fucking cream <laughs> sauce was on top. So it was like still yeah. half alive. <laughs> when I was fucking trying to get away, they're breathing uh, all the condensation off the fucking like cough guard or whatever it is. <laughs> um, cut like there. There's a, a small interaction there. It's, it's just basically Marge getting more leads. Yeah. But it's the fucking scene that follows where we've got Jerry and Wade again with their pal uh, clubs on the stand. Nah, like it was like the dude's business advisor or something. Where it's just identical to that scene earlier in the film where they're trying to cut him out of the deal. Like Jerry's wanting to do the money drop, and Wade's like, "This is one million dollars. I'm doing this drop." Uh. And he's getting him shit, and he's like, "This is my daughter." And he's like, I, and he's like. Jerry, I just don't, I just don't want you to muck it up. And like that, that kind of sums the relationship up there. That you yeah. probably can never trust him with anything. The bungling asshole loser. Aye, he's like, like we were talking about fucking land before. This is my fucking daughter. So you would just say it him, and like you could just see like William H Macy does kind of do quite well in his film, like in the sense that like he's a guy that's just about to go fucking insane. Like, he's trying to do everything, and then everything just gets taken away from him. And he doesn't do enough to kind of take take the reins back. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone leaves the house, and he's in the fucking hallway going back and forth, like, kind of throwing his hands about, and, like, just cursing and swearing, putting on his boots. Like, I reckon it's just a case, like, this boy just needs to man up. I know. Throw testicles. Because even his son's, like, giving him shit later on. Like, when he comes back, and he's like, eh, Stan called Dad? You gonna call Stan? Are you calling Stan? Like, you know what, he's getting him orders. Shut the fuck up, you little shit. I'll get you fucking kidnapped next. Um, <laughs> we get that, the toll booth. That's Fargo uh, too. <laughs> the toll booth parking lot scene. Aye. Like, where it's, Carol goes in, fucking changes plates to someone, mm-hmm. drives back out, and the dude's like, That'll be four dollars, sir. No, no, no. I've decided I don't want to park you. I just want to go. I'm like, it's it's a minimum four dollars. It's like just because you wear a fucking clip on tie, you think you're a big fucking deal. Uh, <laughs> and he just starts losing his shit. Thought it was unnecessary. <laughs> like it's I'll four dollars back in the nineties. <laughs> and when he's trying to get a fucking policeman a fifty dollar bill, can wobble that bill. Was that before or after the hookers? Oh, they can. Like, that was before the hookers, because 
they wouldn't have had that motel room scene with like the blonde guy and Carol banging hookers with jean lined between the beds covered in a fucking shower curtain. <laughs> like banging a hooker and hearing a woman whimpering at the same time does not work. Sorry, it's just what I like. It's like, I'm losing my wood jeans, shut up! <laughs> Please! <laughs> so polite. I was surprised, like, they never went with... Like, good on them, they never went with the obvious thing during the fucking sex scene. Like, you, there was not a course of, oh yeah, oh yeah! Like, oh yeah, it's used so much throughout this film. And they never used it in a sex scene where you'd expect to hear somebody screaming, oh yeah. Alright, but they have to be enjoyable. <laughs> I think they just have to appear alive. <laughs> so that's all it was, they were just like, yep, they seem to be maintaining the pulse. Uh, we get to see that, that awkward lunch scene between uh, Mike and Margie. Yeah. Like, where she meets that Mike Yakida. Aye, aye. It's like, why and, did like, she even go and meet him? You do like the boy. Uh, it must have been she was just in the area, because obviously she was snooping about. Was she in Fargo or Brainerd at this point? No, I think she was in fucking Minneapolis. Aye. And, like, she's sitting there, and, like, he fucking tries to scoot beside her. And, like, she's she is that... Fucking Minnesota nice. She's like, no, not you. Sit over there. And then she like plays off, just saying, oh, you just because having to turn my neck and that'd really hurt me. And it's that the next thing. But it's like, get away from me, you creepy bastard. Oh, creepy beast. She just she can handle these situations that fucking perfectly. Like she just does the take shit, and he brings up the story like his wife passed away with leukemia, and he's like, I'm just so lonely, and like you're such a super lady, and I'm alone. And and you find it like he's just like this cunt that's living at home with his fucking mum and dad. He never he wasn't even married and <laughs> like what's going on? This is where did this come from? <laughs> we get the fucking next scene where the fucking she shows up to fucking speak to Shep. Mm-hmm. And just fucking like puts the frighteners up Shep easily like this what looks like a seven foot Indian dude. <laughs> Kid, like, like the hardest Indian ever. Uh, and I, what the fuck did she say to him? Because so, it was like... You're on parole and um, taking a phone call at three in the morning for another criminal was against that and so you'll be back in jail. Aye. So you better tell me. And then she said, I think she'd done a wee polite fucking, don't you think? Or something like that. Aye, like she's, she is fucking brilliant in this film. Uh, in my opinion. Yes. Like, I think this is her film. Uh, but like it's, it's, it's that, the fucking the the retaliation to that scene where Shep oh. like where like Carol's having a really fancy dinner date with another hooker yeah like turn her to a show she's dressed for the fucking Oscars <laughs> and cuts back to like them banging and uh, fucking nowhere Shep just comes and throws the woman out the room <laughs> <laughs> Sarge beating the shit out of him and fucking like. Carol's screaming, like, go smoke a fucking peace pipe, get away! <laughs> and like he does, he gets fucking scalped with that belt. I get struggled and then scalped. I honestly thought that was like the end of his character. Like when watching it for the first time, like that was him, like he was gonna get killed. But it cuts to like him the next day just fucking busting Jerry's balls, saying, I want fucking more money! Never doing it now! I want a million dollars! No. And <laughs> it was never, it was 80 grand. <laughs> well, 
what was the fucking? It was supposed to be fucking forty grand deep, forty grand or something like that. Aye, and it kept going up. But I just remember one point where Wade said, "This is a million dollars we're talking about here." Uh, like he starts getting Jerry shit. So they kind of he was just rounding it off to a fucking million, but I know he said it was. He was telling his stepdad it was a million. Aye, because oh, he was gonna keep a wee bit. Uh, I thought it was gonna be like money for this deal and then money for paying off the cunts and then keep a wee bit for yourself. Exactly, like like Jerry just needs to get up. Like, every fucking thing that comes up is that I might just try and tuck away 20 grand. Oh. Just a wee bit for myself. Like, how did this fucking relationship last between them to this point? This is like a midlife crisis and he's decided I'm just going to fuck everything over for money. Oh. <laughs> and it's just when you see those shots of Wade driving to the drop-off point where he thinks he's like fucking Dirty Harry. Like, he's got the fucking pistol... And he, and he's even uh, repeating his lines. Uh, he's like, "No gene, no money." Mm-hmm. What you think? What you gonna do now, punk? And he's like, like loathing the barrel of his gun. <laughs> <laughs> and like fucking like this is the scene where I think Steve Carell, not Steve Carell, Steve Buscemi <laughs> is fucking brilliant. Like where he's losing his shit. Like, yeah. He's had a bad enough night as it is. He's got fucking scalped by shit. Uh, shows up. Some other dude comes out of the fucking car with a briefcase, <laughs> and, he, and he's like, "Where's Jerry?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, Gene, no money." <laughs> he just he just shoots him in the chest, <laughs> and it's that fucking shot of him good, like where it's like he kind of falls past the camera, the camera's in a kind of stationary position, and it's just him going past and going, "Oh, jeez." <laughs> And he's going shit. And he's like, "Are you happy now, asshole?" And he fucking, of course, Dirty Harry pulls his gun, right. and he gets that fucking shot in Carol's face, where he just rips one off his chin. Yeah, they don't like, go like right up his cheek as well. That's it, just like off the chin. Fucking, may as well pierce his fucking ear whilst doing it. Right. Like it was such a fucking cool shot. Like oh, the the makeup effect, like that looked fucking nasty. Mm. And then, it, like, all that shit happens. Uh, Jerry's, like, five minutes behind in a situation. He decides to put his fucking snow boots on and follows him. Yeah. And we just get to see him, like, appear in the wake of everything Carol's did. Like, he gets to the drop-off point, sees Wade's body. And, and he can, there's just something about that shot where he drives up to the top, stops, and he just pops the boot of his car... See, at, like that, at this point, I was thinking, oh, if this, is, if this was a Guy Ritchie film, the old man would have got killed, and he would have killed fucking... What's his what? puss? Carol. He would have and killed Buscemi, and then he would have just been sitting there with, like, a million quid, and then just, oh, take this, fuck the wife. And then just some quick editing of him boarding the flight and flying away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Scotty's coming home, like, Dad! Dad! You got a key to let me in? No. <laughs> okay, I'll just go to Pop Pop's house. Pop Pop? He's not home either. Where is he? <laughs> and just go through to his business advisor. Stan! Stan! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just cuts the fucking Scotty sitting there with a shining face. Uh, like he's lost in the maze, frozen and dead. No, he's just a stud. He's just fucking dead in the, like, the driveway. <laughs> 
and it cuts to like one of the fucking most random scenes of this film that I would love to imagine that this guy, Mr. Is it Otzelman or like the guy on Gary the Loudmouth, and he has this conversation where we, we don't get to see this story, but well, we don't get to see the situation, but we just get the fucking back and forth conversation between this random cop and this dude that's just. Aye, like, what the fuck was all that about? Sweeping the snow at his drive or Aye. something. And it just makes me. I would love to imagine, because I'm part of this isn't trivia. That's the fucking director. Like that. No, I would. Like that was just a dude in Minnesota that talked like that. Huh. Like. You're you're going to say is oh he's making a movie huh and you just run off a fucking story for ten minutes <laughs> and you're just left there going what the fuck just happened and I would just love to imagine like he needs to be in this film we just give him the briefest story scene you met a guy that's staying at the lake and he wants some action and he runs on for about ten minutes <laughs> going like the eye this guy is like oh it's not this type of town he says well what what could a guy do in this town that's uh, like, I'm going crazy up in the lake. What can a guy do to get some sort of action? <laughs> he called me a <laughs> jerk, like, but it wasn't jerk. Ah, he's like, if you know what I mean, he used another word, <laughs> a more dirty word. He's like, and the other cop's like, I understand. He's like, how did he look? He's like, a little guy, kind of funny. Funny how? Just in a general funny way. <laughs> like, and, and again, just the fact that the, the, everyone has the same description of Steve Buscemi, like, it just fucking makes this film a little bit better for me. How does it? I, I, it's the little quirky bits. See, that's it. I would sum this film up as quirky instead of arty. Oh, they're both the same thing to me. Well, that's it. In that sense, you would say Juno is an art house film. What do you mean? Like, that was a quirky comedy. Like, like when you get to hear Ellen Page fucking rattle off all these new terms, like chillax and like all the fucking banter that came out of that movie. Like, that's kind of parallel to this. Like, they're almost talking their own little language. Mm-hmm. And it, that kind of falls under the same umbrella of a quirky comedy, I would imagine. Fuck no, I've not seen that either. <laughs> what, maybe since it came out? What? Juno. I've not seen Juno. They watch All right. shitty teen pregnancy movies. Must have been your missus then, because I mind her telling me about Juno and I say, like, I'll watch it. I just assumed that you would have watched it as well. Did you see this? I, this was like when it came out, like 30 years ago. Exactly. <laughs> now, this point here where Carol's got the money and he's obviously killed Wade. He's driving, he's bleeding at the face, sitting putting toilet paper on it like he's fucking cut himself shaving. And he gets to, like, just drives to some point in the road, stops and buries the money. I take it, did it no show you? I thought it maybe missed a bit where he looks in the case, sees there's a wee bit more than 80 grand in it, and then fucking say, oh, I'll put this down here, Just take 80 grand it. Oh, I didn't think he caught on to that, but it was just the thought, it's like, he must realise there's that much fucking heat is going to be coming his way, he's going to have to get rid of this money, and come back when it's all calmed in. Mm-hmm. And this is where... Another movie comes into play. Remember you suggested, well, you, you sent me the trailer to a film called Kumiko, The Treasure Hunter. Uh-huh. Which was, I, I keep wanting to create a Japanese film, but it might be an American film with a Japanese lead actress. No, it's a foreign film. Ah, like, I, 
but I, I, what was the plot of it? She finds, she discovers a VHS copy of Fargo. Yeah. She watches it, believing it's a documentary, and she goes on a treasure hunt to find the briefcase of money that Steve Buscemi buried. Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, like, that, that sounds fucking genius. There's just something about that that sounds like, I need to see that to how the fuck that worked too. That makes me think of fucking mental illness. That is, like, <laughs> I'd imagine she must be mentally ill in some sort. Or the tape must be that distorted. Because obviously, it, like, there's there's no way that this film has a documentary feel to it. No. But just to see him burying a briefcase of money in the snow. Like, I'd, I think I just need to watch it to find out how the fuck this happens. And just to see how fucking close she gets. Because obviously, this film has to end with her in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So, and I've, I've I've had a copy of it for ages. And there's just never been like that enough for me just to put it in like the PlayStation and turn it on. No, you have to. I know. Like, K is just around the corner. Oh, god damn no. <laughs> um, let's see, Marge's phone call. Mike's a psycho living with his parents. I already know that. Uh, Jerry getting schooled by Marge about the missing cars. Like, where she shows up. Right. He said, do you do a lot count every day? And, like, he gets that fucking high-pitched... Like, he gets... Like, he, he can see his fuck. Right. He knows he's caught. But it's just when his voice gets higher and higher, he's like, I answered your damn question! I know. Like, I'm cooperating! And he's like, don't need to get snippy there. Right. And he's like, okay, right. Bitch, you've We're got no jurisdiction. <laughs> and he's that fucking angry. And he's like, right, we're gonna look at this now. Darn tootin', what the Christ, jeez! And he's like, just rattling off all this fucking, like, just, just swear. Go on, just let it. <laughs> but he's just so fucking polite. Then Carol goes back to the fucking cabin in the woods, meets the blonde dude, uh-huh. tells him, right, we're fucked. Okay, we're, we're splitting the money. Let's get out of here. And then the guy's like, we split the car as well. And it's just fucking, like, Steve Buscemi's reaction is like, how the fuck do we split a car? With chainsaw. Aye. And, like, the fucking dude, like, the blonde guy knows exactly what he's doing. He's like, you pay the other half to me. And this is it. One of, us, one of us pays half of the car. Aye. And, like, fucking Buscemi's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. And it's just that fucking shot of him running out in his long johns Aye. with that big fuck off axe. I have to make sure he puts his hat on. Aye, that's it. He's going outside. It's cold. Uh-huh. Don't want to get nippy ears. Fuck my testicles. But, aye, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, just like this, it was that great that they cut away just aye. just before like that fucking the fatal strike. But it's like Bishemi's fucking scream as he turns around, where like you know it's just, like it's over. Turns out like oh, it may as well be like oh fuck, it's over. I'm getting carried away here. I notice I'm talking a lot. <laughs> That's fine. I overly, I overly enjoy this film, but I've got so much more bullet points about the fucking TV show in here as well. Oh no! Like, oh, I, okay. You're probably never going to watch the TV never, show. Never, ever, ever. Watching the movie, but so many little plot elements for this film is crafted into the TV series. Like when Margie's driving around, she goes past at Bear Lake or something. Miss Luke. Moose Lake, and oh, because there's something called White Bear Lake. That's like what that old dude was talking about when he's oh. talking to the cop. 
But aye, she's going about Moose Lake, and it's that shot of her driving past the cabin, and she sees the fucking Matan uh-huh. Sierra. Sierra or something. And that 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 shot, sort of shot slash reveal there is also how they ended an episode of On a Cliffhanger in the second season of, I think it was like Ted Danson and Patrick Wilson driving about a car in the woods, and they go past the cabin, and the car's there, uh-huh. and they stop, and they think, the fucking kidnap. Like the the guy that's been kidnapped is in that house, and it cuts off at that point. And I never thought anything of it watching it. Then watching this movie, he's like, "Aye." And like in the first season, the main person was a pregnant fucking cop, and like it's like they've they've taken the littlest parts, like the looks of a character. Like there's never anyone with the same names, or but like they're crafting their own universe. Mm-hmm. Just in Fargo. What did you think about the wood chipper scene? Mm, nice. Although I didn't like the fact that there was no blood at the fucking like contact zone where the crime was committed. Did we see that? Did they go back to the front well, house again? Aye, when she was walking up to the house, she looks in the window at the side of the door and she hears the wood chipper. Oh, I guess. There was no blood anyway. Aye. Well, I thought um, about it, and I'm not a director. Exactly. You get them too, Andrew. You dicks. Or whoever's <laughs> responsible. Aye, for uh, what's it called? Continuity. Like, even if just somebody fucking poured a, like, the top off a bottle of tomato sauce and <laughs> bagged it about just, just for that moment. Aye. But, um, like, that, I think that is all the most famous scene in Fargo. Like, that's the scene that's you see reference most. I've seen all these alternative posters and it's always something to do with either the blood spray of a wood chipper or if it's just a wood chipper on its own. Like, that is a hugely significant moment of this film is like that, the wood chipper. Uh-huh. And you just see Carol's foot bobbing and it's still got the fucking sock on the foot. Okay. I'll just and, get caught in the blades. And uh, would you like some wood chipper trivia? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, that wood chipper is now a prop displayed in the Fargo City Museum. Aye. Aye. Okay. Like, I guess the, the city of Fargo fucking take pride in this in this film and the TV series. Yeah. They'd be like, ah, right, we'll pass through Fargo, but we're not staying there. Oh, no. But I was just, like that fucking shot of seeing Carol's bobbing foot, and then Margie goes, like, fucking full police mode. That's the thing that pissed me off. How? I didn't even use a fucking real gun. The prop. When she's aiming the gun at him. Right. You could see that the fucking barrel was fucking, was near hollow. Okay. I will remind you, this is a film and not a documentary. I know, but at least they can There's not a, a suitcase of money buried somewhere in Minnesota. looking fucking gun. Ah, I, like, later on, I'll, I'll, we'll get into some details about the budget of this film. Alright. <laughs> Million dollars. Ah. Uh, she fucking settles the the blonde guy easily. Caps him in the knee. Yeah, that's him taken care of. Like she is fucking super cop in this movie. I thought it was gonna be something like, oh no, he's he's got to fall through the water. I that could have been a thing. Like I, I, I'm almost kind of glad nothing actually ever happened to Margie in the movie. Like as it like maybe she went to shoot him, and he's like that fucking. 
like minding Con Air when they were sitting shooting Nick Cage and he just walked through it as if there was nothing happening to him when he was walking to the cockpit. Like, he got cut on the arm, he took a couple of bullets, never flinched. Like, what if the fucking blonde dude acted as old steroid strong, yeah. just went over to her and started choking the life out of her? Exactly. And someone had to intervene. Like, and she's such a nice character, you didn't want that to happen to her. Oh, you do. She's too <laughs> nice. There's nice. Minnesota and nice. Too nice. That's what Minnesota nice is. Aye. Too nice. Well, aye, she shot him in the kneecap and not the head. Like, even though he's clearly disposing of a body for a wood chipper. Like, ah, I'm just going to cap him. I'm not going to, I'll not kill the boy. That's, that's not nice. I would have. Fuck that, he's come for me. And new to the point of, like, where we're rounding off the story, we get to find out what's happened to Jerry. Where, like, he's fucking hiding in motels. Mm, Getting bummed. Trying Trying to be like this little shitbag getting out the window. Uh, you're about as good as getting out a window as your wife was, you knob. <laughs> <laughs> what if he just hid in the shower curtain to the cops never talk to Luke? That would be awesome. Or, or that was it, like the same shit happens. They go and run in. They say, and they come back out. He panics, runs out covered in a shower curtain, runs outside and gets hit by that fucking snowplow that drives past. Alright, that'd be cool. <laughs> I was in, like, they have a, that's supposedly trivia, saying that the snowplow that drives past the motel was not part of the script. Mm-hmm. They had signs in the area warning motorists not to drive through it because they were filming. Yeah. But the state employee ignored them. Of course. Like, fuck this. I've got a job to do, eh? Aye. <laughs> that's not very nice. Interrupted my schedule. I got These work. roads need done. I got work to do. So, and the film ends. No. Well, okay. We find out Norm's getting his his mallard painting on the three cent stamp. Yeah. And yeah. three cents is all you need to get those big parcels to round off the numbers. Right. Like I'm sure there's symbolism in there, but I'm I'm not a film scholar. I know. You'd have like, to be a film scholar to understand that. You'd like, have to have some... at least one degree in movies. Right. Uh, let alone two. <laughs> um, okay, Andrew. <laughs> We are coming to the end of this movie. Yeah. We've, we're at the end. It's finished. The credits are up. Um, is there anything I've overlooked that you need to you need to tell me? Mm. Something that's annoyed you and you've not had your chance to talk about yet? No, really. Stay you want me to go into the awards and nominations or the budget and box office first then? Whatever you fancy. Well, I have the awards right in front of me. Well, do it. Okay. Um, IMDB... Now, it's got a couple credits here. It is the top rated movies. It's number 156 in the top 250. It's won two Oscars. No. And it won another 69 awards. It was nominated for a further 52. Mm-hmm. Okay. What Oscars do you think it would have won? Um, cinematography. Nope. Um, sound editing? No. Okay. 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 Um, Frances McDormand won Best Actress in a Leading Role. Fuck off. And Ethan and Joel won Best Writing Screenplay Written Directly for Screen. So I think that's uh, original screenplay. Uh huh. Like, maybe not. A... Who did she fucking beat? Okay, let me have a look. Cause that is fucking disgusting. <laughs> She's handling the fucking phone. I don't want to watch Mr. Robot. Oh. 
feel bad that. <laughs> Guy just looks weird. Is he a robot? No! That's his hacker mm. name. They want to watch it then. It might be a horror. His, his Aggie's like autistic or something because he just can't deal with fucking things and he's an absolute drug taker. Loves his morphine. Okay, let's see. Best actress in a leading role. Oh, I she totally deserved this award. Uh, right. The other nominees was uh, Brenda Bethelin for Secrets and Lies. Right. Diane Keaton for Marvin's Room. Right. Kirsten Scott Thomas for The English Patient. Right. Emily Watson, Breaking the Waves. Right. These are like four of the most boring films. Oh, five of the most boring films. Fuck off. <laughs> it's a shy year for films. Well, it said Cubic Gooding Jr. got one for Jerry Maguire. Then the rest were for The English Patient. Okay. BAFTA Awards, uh, Joel won Best Director. Now, they, the fucking, the ACCA loved them. Right. The Awards Circuit Community Awards, it awarded them Best Motion Picture. Right. Best Actor in a Leading Role. Best Actress in a Leading Role. Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Best Director. Best Screenplay. Who was classed? Best Cinematography. Best Editing. And Best Score. Who was cast as fucking lead actor? Uh, William H. Macy. See, I'd think it would be the fucking... Steve Buscemi? Aye. Well, that's it. How do you kind of think? I guess... Nah, I would think that Steve is more of a side guy. Like, just the fact that it kind of starts with William H. Macy. Like, if, if, I think if it comes down to, do they count the screen time? Most of them would have to. Aye. Um. So I got a fuckload of awards for that. Now, I totaled up the awards just to see, because obviously I got a fair few. Uh-huh. Frances McDormand got 19 Best Actress awards. Dear God. Joel Cohen got 22 awards, and that's spread across like Best Director, Screenplay, and Editor. Okay. That kind of happens when you do all the roles in your film, eh? like all the crew roles. Right. So, Andrew, budget and box office. For a film like Fargo, in 1996, by these two directors, who well, haven't they made it big yet, uh-huh. and where they've done most of the roles themselves, uh-huh. how much do you think this cost? Four and a half. Seven. Oh! So. Hope they made now, the money. Do you want to go domestic and foreign? Or do you want to guess the worldwide first and then have me break it down for you? Or you want to. I'm going to do what we usually do. Stop me changing the shape. I'm just trying to make it fair for you. That's all. It's this such thing. Okay, how much did it make domestically? Fucking... In the old US of A. 65. This is 1996, Andrew. This is not fucking Michael Bay. What bit? Alright, um, it... 32. 24. <laughs> Shite. For market? Um, 397 pounds. What, pounds? Yeah. <laughs> 36 million. Fuck off. So it made 60 million altogether. Bullshit. Aye. Which is no bad for a, like a seven million dollar film to make that to get that return on it. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I wonder if this was the one that like gave them the fucking shot in the arm, made them huge. Must have been. Like if if they got fucking Oscars out of it, and because I think I'm not sure which which was the follow up movie after it. If it was Old Brother Where Art Thou? Well, I guess getting a couple Oscars earned you like a George Clooney role right. in their movie. Now, internet's reaction, Andrew. Uh-huh. IMDb, uh, based on 435,587 user votes, they rated it 8.2 out of 10. Uh-huh. Demographics? Oh, demographics. Rated highest uh, by males under the age of 18. Uh-huh. Rated lowest uh, between females aged 18 to 29. Males under 18 rated it 8.5. That's the highest it got. Right. Females, 7.9. 7.9 was the lowest? Ah, uh, the lowest score it got. Based on, well, in total from the, the females aged 18 to 29. Right. So that's the audience I was least likely to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But went to the efforts to rate it, which makes a difference from the IMDB staff. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics, what do we think, Andrew? Um, I'm going to say 89. 94. Fucking losers. 81 positive reviews to 5 negative. 5. Good. Audience? Uh, go drop it back, say about 86. 93. They're losers too. 1% off. Okay, uh, Amazon one star reviews. Uh-huh. Based on the 290 reviews I got in total, there were 21 one-star reviews. Uh-huh. Uh, a majority of them were complaining about the fucking copies of the film rather than the film itself. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wee bit retarded. Um, let's see, Cecilia Pruden. Uh, the DVD is faulty. It will not play on any of my device devices. Really disappointed. I know it was cheap, but you should not sell something that does not work at all. Could not rate the film because I haven't seen it. One star. <laughs> it's just irony of could not rate this film, but she still gives it one star. All right. uh, Lost Cat wrote, not as good as the serial on TV. The what? The serial. The telly show. Oh. Like your grand letter review. The serial. That is good as the fucking cornflakes on the telly. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ah, this is this guy's fucking out there. Uh, PK22 wrote, uh-huh. Seriously, why? This film is rubbish. Yes. Having heard so many uh, reviews rave its originality and humour, I decided to buy it. It felt like a rip-off of Reservoir Dogs. But worse... Uh, worse than that because it's a lower than average knockoff. I love Steve Buscemi. Who doesn't? But even Steve couldn't save this piece of trash. <laughs> yes. Overall, I rate the film 4 out of 10. But as an item, 1 out of 5. I can't justify letting the item receive 2 because it doesn't deserve to be considered average. I consider an average film to garner the rating of, say, 6 out of 10. I rated Reservoir Dogs 9 out of 10. It's like, what? That's five different ratings we've got here. <laughs> and I would strongly recommend that you buy uh, Reservoir Dogs instead of Fargo. 
they are two completely fucking different films. I know. And the comments that followed that was about Sex Fox saying they are two completely different fucking films. <laughs> and our last one comes from Emily Andrews. And it was written like almost in bullet points. Right. So the first one is this DVD appeared to be okay. <laughs> it's like telling a fucking Stephen King fucking horror story. Aye. Until I opened it inside the box, I was hoping to hoping to see something I paid for, but no. Inside the box was a pristine copy of, wait for it, Narnia. No. <laughs> Next bullet point. What am I supposed to do with that? I was really looking forward to Fargo. The Narnia DVD is going in the bin. Why send it back? <laughs> <laughs> I will try to find. I will. I will try elsewhere to find the real Fargo. <laughs> and on the last bullet point, in capital letters, not good enough. <laughs> not good enough at all. Oh. Maybe that okay. was fucking Smith did that. <laughs> 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 Did it on purpose. <laughs> uh, right. Twitter reactions. Uh, let's see. We are not wizards. Tweeted. Work of genius. Bullshit. The Old Boys Podcast. Steve B dies in every film. Hashtag wood chipper. And we had one for Film Club that I've neglected the right doing, but he said it, um, it was rubbish, right. was his reaction to it. It might have been something different than the word rubbish, but I've neglected to copy that one doing. That's a stellar, stellar podcast. Uh, time for the list? Yeah. They need to tell me what's in it. <laughs> Okay, Andrew, I am assuming this is going to the bottom of your yeah, list. Yeah, the assumptions are correct. Fargo, number 22. For me, oh, that's it. Every time I watch this, I enjoy it a little bit more. Oh, God. It does have, it's, it's one of these films that I can't say it will have a high rewatch value. Mm-hmm. It is a really good film, but it's, it's, I think it's one of these ones, if it's on, I would watch it. Like if I was bored and I thought, I think I might watch Fargo three times today. No. Like I'm not going to be that type of person, but if it's on, I'm like, fuck it, I'll watch it. I'm going to put that at number 11. Oh, Pushing wow. back, drive. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Like, both... Your total erection movie is like lower down than Fargo. Well, that's it. Like both films are really good, but I would probably watch Fargo before I would watch Drive again. Really? Yeah. Would you watch Drive before watching this again? Never. I'd never watch any of them again. Oh, Andrew. I'd see my eyes shut if I'd ever seen one of the films gone in my DVD player. Because you would have went to the efforts of getting that DVD. No. <laughs> it's like if you fucking decided to like sneak attack me, <laughs> fucking Drive and Fargo, I was like, oh god, no. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna fucking eat my own veins with my wrists. <laughs> <laughs> Just go for a wee 127 hours. Eh? That wasn't a bad that film. Aye. But, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time for the coin toss. Aye. Is that alright? That's alright. Now I want to see a coin fucking toss. decent flip here. Let's see some decent flip. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Andy's choice this week. Yes. 
Which is well, it's kind of glad because I still haven't thought of a G. Really? Like there, I, I did look at IMDb's top two fifty and written written down ten, but I still couldn't like there wasn't a standout choice amongst that ten. Mm. So Andrew, if you care to enlighten our audience, G is for. Uh, it's for a an absolute classic movie from the greatest actor. Oh no, the greatest actor, a great actor called Curtis Jackson. You heard him? I think that's his name. <laughs> Oh wait, I wait, I um Would it be get rich or die trying? Yeah How'd you know? Because Curtis Jackson's fifty cent. How do you it, know? <laughs> I think I was actively avoiding that film at one point. Is it I thought that was called fifty cent, get rich or die trying. No, just get rich or die trying. Oh, well, at least you avoided uh, choices such as Get Hard. I was thinking about that. Uh, what was the ones that stood out on my list? It was got to be either Godfather 2, Grand Budapest Hotel. Fuck you. But then I thought that might have been too recent. And too shit. Oh, no, that's a great film. Exactly! Anything you fucking love, I despise. I know. How are we friends? I don't care there, man. We used, to love, like the, we used to love fucking Lord of the Rings and that, and Spider-Man. No, I was just so polite to you before. Oh. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I hate all the fucking films you made me watch. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit a beat then. <laughs> Wait. All this podcast is like pristine. There was never going to be any edits to this. <laughs> then it drops the C-bomb. Oh. But, um. Other than that, other than that, other than this. Ah! <laughs> Back to the darkness you go. Yay. Uh, we've got websites which links to our Facebook and Twitter accounts. Uh-huh. You could visit them where our Facebook group is, our page is slowly accruing more likes. Thank you very much if you are genuine people and not robots. <laughs> I love robots. Other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at FAS Podcast. Uh, have you installed Twitter back on your phone? No. Nah. Okay, so you don't need to follow FAS underscore Andy just yet. No, that ever say anything because I take it out of fuck to use Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, other than that, that is it. Another episode of Films and Swearing in the Bank. Yeah. You don't know how happy I am that we have finally reviewed Vargo. Are you? Really? I am. I'm glad that you've watched it and we've been able to talk about it mm. and have had a laugh. Aye. And that's it. We planned to talk about this film almost a year ago. Because I found my old show notes on the original show format yeah. from April 2015. So we'd obviously planned it at one point, uh-huh. and then something came up and it fell apart. Yeah. And we did something else. But I'd always just saved those notes. Uh-huh. Uh, I thought, that's weird that we came around to almost a year. And it came around to, we're almost on the 20 year anniversary of this film coming out as well. Oh, I thought you were going to see the podcast. No. For 20 years. But no. Um, we might have came past an anniversary. I think it all happens in April. Uh-huh. I think that's when we posted Filth originally. Filth? Aye, episode one. I can't remember that fun book. 
Oh, you. Fuck off. You fucking dirty Canadian bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh, you see fucking, fucking Trailer Park Boys is coming back. Netflix on the 28th. Of? This month. Jesus Christ, like, Netflix need to stop. Why? Because they're... Okay. Um, beginning of March, we've got House of Cards. Yeah. This week, we're getting Daredevil. Yeah. That means next week, we're going to get... Uh, fucking Trailer Park Boys. It's like they're launching series, like, seasons after season of TV shows, like, original TV shows every week on there. It's like, I can't keep up. You're going to have to I'm, be, like, the only person in the world that complains about fucking... All your favourite shows. It's great, but I, there's there's just not enough time to watch there them is. all. There's loads of time. Like, you don't like, need to I, watch I, them all at once. Like I I've decided to like fuck Jessica Jones. It's not worth my time. No, that's what so, fucking that's what Iron Man does. No Iron Man, Power Man. I look cage. Right. But I after three episodes and looking to see there's like another thirteen episodes after it. It's like. Nah, I can't dedicate another 30 minutes. I love that show. Just for fucking David Tennant, he's amazing. Just for Luke Cage, fucking pa- like, <laughs> like Jessica Jones. Snapping beds and shit. <laughs> it, just, it just fits like your dream mode of like your like man crushes. Eh? Like Terry Crews. Terry Crews, aye, that would be better. Exactly. Can you let that cunt, like break your bed? Not on me. <laughs> of course on you. No. You would hurt. Just screaming, oh, oh, power man. That would hurt too much. <laughs> of course, you'd have to, like, break your pelvis and break the bed as well. Aye. I'd have to, like, like get a surgical fucking enhancement to my He arsehole. would just be, like, the thing is, he would be such a mean lover to you as well. A mean lover. He'd be so gentle. Aye, like, he would just, just be, you know that soon? <laughs> That's just... Him just fucking breaking your breaking your back. Said, how the fuck did you not like Fargo? Everyone was so nice in that film. Oh shit, that's way. And he would just probably just like knock out one of your back discs with his thumb. <laughs> he'd just like just slip it in place. Like, they're Minnesota nice. Fuck Minnesota. <laughs> she deserved that Oscar. No. He'd be hard the English patient. It would just, it would just be finished. Like the bed wouldn't be broken. It would just be you, you were the bed, Andrew. Really? Oh fuck you! Trust broken me. on the floor, like all your legs, like your arms, <laughs> just broke. That's it. Right, and he's just like sitting there in the corner with a fucking towel, wiping the sweat off him. Didn't he wouldn't he? even break a sweat doing that to you. <laughs> oh no, he so, would. So, I season two of Daredevil. Right. That's where we started. Um, aye, so that, there's that, and that's like, oh, just so much. Like that, and a Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon film, and this, that, and the next thing. Uh-huh. Ep Man 3. Ep Man 3? Ep Man. They can have that, that... Some, they can have it on Netflix or no? Uh, no. I've seen it someplace. That is uh, coming out uh, in April on DVD, oh, and Blu-ray, and Steelbook, uh-huh. and Trilogy Box set. And then you're fucking... VOD. And probably every other thing possible. You getting it? Give a few months, it uh, will probably be on Netflix. You getting it? Uh, after reviewing it, like, after, um, like, I was that fucking, like, shit-eating grin. 
like chuffed with myself that I got like sent a review code of the film in the same week it came out in the pictures. Mm-hmm. So I was able to watch like HD quality copy of the film like in my living room. Yeah. Whereas like rather than having to travel to Glasgow to watch it. <laughs> like, oh this is amazing. I mean I couldn't get it to play through my fucking like a sound bar. Oh. And there's like a lag, it's like, oh I'll just have to say watch on my laptop. Like every other cunt that's downloaded it, man. <laughs> What'd you get fucking Mike Tyson? He was like they they oversold him. Like he he was there purely for marketing purposes. Uh-huh. Like their beef is like resolved in the first like hour. Is it? Yeah. I guess it was just a case of let's get this big name on board. And it is it like it man three is like and being ranked as like one of the biggest most successful Chinese movies ever made. What? And there's like there's just this shot of fucking Donnie Yen flexing both biceps and, and like a fucking tank top. Like <laughs> it just the news. I thought it was just like somebody found the right image, but no, it was this it was like a picture of his reaction to the box office results. Just like I'm king <laughs> And of course they've announced It Man Four. Obviously. Because it is you've got that Is he gonna be fighting that, Sylvester Stallone? Like that, that Bruce Lee kid's got to grow up eventually. You can, you can't even, like still be older than him always. Is eventually going to become like Bruce Lee. Like is eventually going to become him filming like the fucking big boss oh. and it man in the background just secretly like fighting off mobsters <laughs> trying to hustle in on the set. But other than that, hmm. if you wanted to read that review, it is at filmdeswear dot com. Is it? It is indeed. Like, other than that, let's go back to this and talk about it a little bit more. I got an email on Friday asking, uh, there's interview opportunities with Donnie Yen, who wants some? Oh, dear goodness. And I was like, <laughs> me? I'll take that opportunity. <laughs> like, I know I am so fucking down on this fucking totem pole of, like, I imagine this is the same email that, like, Empire Magazine gets, or, like... Yeah fucking movie shows and like that little Scottish podcast <laughs> that tries so hard. Oh, how like, bad would it be if fucking you do get it done the ends like and he says, oh, I better do some, do some homework. See what these boys do. This is this episode. Is it, oh, I hate those films. <laughs> <sighs> Stops right there, Disney. Listen to me like fucking blowing this film for five minutes <laughs> after that comment. So he just starts doing an interview thinking, I'm you. <laughs> ah, so you're racist, are you? Aye. What was it? Was that face-to-face? <laughs> is that, is that... <laughs> and now I'd imagine it would just be a phone call. But he would just fucking start a conversation about breaking me Aye. as a bed. <laughs> like, fuck Terry Crews. Wait till you get to feel my kung fu. Oh. Fucking, that's, his, that's what he calls his dick. <laughs> Rise, kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, filmsandswearing.com, that's it, that's a website. I'm your host, Stuart Sutherland. Joining me across the internet tonight is the Fargo Hayden, Andrew Walker. Yeah. Finally got off his chest. No. Still got beef? Yeah, yeah. Save it for Terry. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> tell them. What? I tell them. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm getting to see 50 Cent get shot and then come back to life and... Rule the world through the rap. Alright. Or you can just tell them to fuck off and tune in next week. No, it's your job this week. 
Uh, fucking, fuck on, fucking, <laughs> <laughs> fucking, fuck on. What the Hi. hell? Fuck off and tune in next week when we review Grand Budapest Hotel. No, I didn't realise saying that sentence was so hard. That the kid I was so needed to do that. I know, like I, I can't say the word fuck off. Oh no, you're <laughs> fucking from Minnesota. I could fucking and I could fuck on stuff, but I cannot fuck off. <laughs> what do you fuck on? <laughs> Many things. Couches, beds. <laughs> Cats. <laughs> Cats won't be happy. Well, but... they'll take it. <laughs>